Welcome to the Own Your Value podcast for pharmacists. My name is Dr. Greg L. Alston. I am an author, educator, pharmacist, entrepreneur, speaker, guy who knows stuff, and purveyor of real-world solutions that most people lack the skills to solve, okay? So this particular first uh, podcast episode will be my uh, intro episode that I'll keep pinned to the top of the podcast so that anybody that's starting with me understands what I'm all about. So let me, let me dig right into that so I don't waste your time. I'm a 1977 graduate of the University of Pacific School of Pharmacy, where I earned both my PharmD and my teaching credentials, okay? I spent over 15 years in chain drug pharmacy, first as an intern, as a pharmacist, pharmacy manager, training manager, marketing manager. Then I was a buyer. I bought seasonal uh, Christmas, Easter, Halloween goods, all that kind of thing. Then I was a regional pharmacy manager for Thrifty Drugs, and then the California regional pharmacy manager for Smith's Food and Drugs. And, man, I worked very hard at my job. I did my job very well. I averaged 60 hours a week. I gave my company everything that I could give them because I wanted to be successful. I went the extra mile. I served my customers. And then I had my job sold out from under me, not once, not twice, not three times, but four times within six years, okay? And that is when I learned the most important lesson of my life and one that has never been more relevant than it is today for you. If you don't own the business, you don't have any control over your destiny. Let me say that again. If you don't own the business you work for, you do not have any control over your destiny. And the corollary of that is if you're not building equity in something you own, you risk seeing your income disappear at any moment based on the whim of some bean counters uh, corporate decision, okay? So pharmacists, for the most part, historically have been pretty nice people, pretty trusting of others. They, they wanted good jobs, and they wanted to work for good companies, right? And for years, people have gone into pharmacy because they could make a con- good, consistent living you know, without really having to take the risks of being an owner and investing tons of money in a business. But times have changed, people. Times have changed. All of the large employers are scaling back. Traditional jobs are disappearing. Health insurance has been so manipulated that, you know, customers are driven into mail-order pharmacies owned by the insurers or one of their subsidiaries or their friends or somebody's coffers that, you know, it's just not fair. It's not a level playing field. So you have a huge choice to make, okay? Either you're going to get educated about how to create your own financial independence, or you're going to hope and pray you don't lose your job. That's it. That's your choice. So here's the critical questions you need to ask yourself right now. Are you confident that your job will still be paying you what you want to earn for the next five years? How about for the next 10 years? Hey, can your employer even guarantee you they will be in business in five years? Right? Hey, if your employer decided to eliminate your job today, how long could you survive before your bank accounts were empty? That's kind of scary. Are you putting enough money away to provide for a comfortable retirement 
at the same time while you're trying to pay down student loans and save for college for your kids. And more than likely, folks, you're going to be taking care of elderly parents because they didn't put enough money away for retirement. So with all that going on, are you really confident that you're building your uh, net worth enough to be able to handle all of that? Well, there are three things you need to do today to build a bulletproof career that can protect your family from financial ruin. Number one, you have got to build a rainy day fund of six months worth of car and house payments in cash in an account where it's not at risk because at any given time if you're working for an employer you can be out of work over the next couple years and if you have got no money in the bank and you can't survive for at least six months while you find a different thing to do it's going to be really challenging for you so the good news is if you do save the money and you don't need it, well, then you have extra cash, right? But start right now. Get yourself a rainy day fund, six months car and house payment so you can get to a job interview and you don't have to worry about uh, getting thrown out of, the, out of your home, all right? Now, once you have built your rainy day fund, here's the next critical thing you have to do. You have to identify a pathway that allows you to build equity in income-producing investments that earn money for you while you sleep. Okay? Let me explain that. There's places you can put your money where your money continues to grow whether or not you particularly show up for work that day or not, right? That can be things like dividend-paying stocks. It can be bond investments that earn you know, relatively small, but still earn money. Or it could be things like investment real estate, where you buy a property and earn money while you're building equity. There's lots of different ways you can do that, but you cannot afford not to have one, two, or three different things underway in the economy we're in over the next few years. Now, here's the trick. And this is the third thing you can do. You can start your own business in which all of the earnings of that business accrue to you and your family. Okay? Now, there are a tremendous number of tax advantages for business owners, and I'm not going to go into that on this particular podcast. We will on another one. But I will tell you that earning $100,000 in your own business is a lot more in money in your pocket than earning $100,000 while working for uh, wages. Okay? Now, in the old days, when uh, I said start a business, people traditionally went right to buying your own independent drugstore. And that independent, traditional pharmacist businessman would buy a store. Well, that's what I did uh, back in the mid-80s and then again in the early 90s. And it can be very lucrative. Even in this crazy economy we currently live in, there's lots of independent pharmacy owners out there making very, very nice incomes. But it's very expensive. And there's there's a lot of risk when you sign a 10-year lease and when you you uh, take on a note to buy a store that uh, you have to pay a hundred grand a year in uh, loan payments on. So it that's one way to do it. It doesn't mean it's the only way, all right? And part of what we'll do in future podcasts is explain some really cool other things you can do. Okay, but here again, 
This is something you need to understand. There are two kinds of pharmacists, those that have the entrepreneurial drive to start a business and those that don't. Now, the entrepreneurs will always find a way to thrive because that's how they're wired, man. That's what they do. That's what guys like me do. We find a way to start a business and make some money. But for those of you who don't have that drive, this is where the world has shifted under your feet, and you need to pay attention to what I'm about to say, okay? Take a deep breath. Even if you don't have the ownership drive you need to be able to understand the business model you are working in and whether it is likely to thrive is a huge, huge thing. You need to know whether where you're working is likely to survive, right? Not only that, understand this. When businesses are thriving and growing in profits, that means more income for their employees. When businesses are shrinking and contracting, that inevitably means less income for employees. So whether you want to be an owner or not, you need to understand what makes a business work and not work because you can then find a job with a growing, expanding company rather than one that is about to lay you off, okay? So that's, a, that's an important uh, message, and that is different than it was 15 or 20 years ago. Which brings me to this podcast. <laughs> After years of success and making millions of dollars in the businesses that I started after buying and selling several different retail drugstores, I knew that something was wrong in our industry because I could not find a pharmacist to work for me who had any interest in the business side of the profession. This meant that when I turned over the keys to my business to the next generation, the likelihood they would drive the business into the ground was pretty high, which means that business would go away, which means that opportunity for a pharmacist was going to go away. And so um, when I did sell all my operations in 2007, I went to work in academia, of all things, trying to teach business skills to young pharmacists, to try to save this profession from extinction, to try to alter the trajectory of the profession. Well, since 2007, I've been trying to do this within the confines of academia, and I'm here to tell you that, frankly, it's not working very well. Uh, the curriculum is so jam-packed with mandatory courses that there's not time to learn how to make a living with their degree. And this frustrates the hell out of me. I mean, I have argued with many academics about this to no avail. They've made it mandatory that there be leadership and entrepreneurship in the curriculum, but um, it's just not being taught in a way that's really driving the, inter the uh, profession forward. So. I'm tired of beating my head against the wall with no results, so I'm going to take this message directly to working pharmacists, okay? And here it is, but one sidebar. Three years after I sold the pharmacy to other pharmacists, it was a $10 million a year operation, thriving. I had 49 employees. It was out of business because they didn't know how to run it, okay? So the key motivating force behind any small business is the energy, enthusiasm, and drive the vision of the owner. You need to have that in a business for it to thrive, okay? Now, the leaders of our profession in general, though the associations and the uh, you know, the, the uh, big, big shots with the fancy names that everybody recognizes, 
They've been very well-intentioned, but they've been misguided about what is needed for the profession to thrive, okay? And, and they're nice folks, and I know most of them, and they, they really are sincere about what they're doing, but they've missed the mark. We've talked about clinical pharmacy since 1970s, and then we switched to this term pharmaceutical care, and then we went to medication therapy management, and now we're talking about primary care pharmacy, and we're trying to push these terms and all this academic logic out into the world. We want everybody to be residency track trained and upgrade their clinical skills. But let me tell you the truth. Regardless of what you call it, pharmacy has always been about the same thing. Meet the patient, figure out what their problem is, solve their problem, and you'll get paid, okay? It drives me batty when they went to this pharmaceutical care term because that's not what I do. As a community care pharmacist, I am a pharmacist. I provide care, some of which is pharmaceutical. 90% of which is just human-to-human -human interaction, helping them do things they need to do, helping them understand things, not even about the drugs, okay? So just because there's buzzwords out there and it's in the literature, don't get sidetracked. We are here to solve the problems of our patients. But here's the, here's the glaring miscalculation that the, the, the behind-the-scenes leaders, the academic types, have all done. They've had this field of dreams mentality that says, if you build it, they will come. If we build clinical skills, they will come. And guess what? That hasn't worked out, right? I got tons of PGY2 residency trained people that go to work for hospitals and get paid less than the Walgreens pharmacy manager. You know, the market says, okay, I, yeah, that's nice, but I ain't going to pay you for it. So the problem isn't, are those skills valuable? Yes. Are those people good at what they do? Hell yes. The problem is, they're terrible at marketing their business. They're terrible at the business side of the business, which says, if you want what I'm going to do for you, you got to pay me what it's worth, right? So this is the problem. The academic mindset is prove the model, build the evidence, get the ability to bill insurance, and then try to make enough uh, on that insurance to make it all work, right? Well, that's not the real world. The entrepreneurial mindset is different. It goes like this. Find an audience with a problem. Find a problem they're willing to pay to have fixed. Build a solution to that problem. Offer the solution to the marketplace and start getting paid. If it works, keep doing it. If it doesn't work, stop doing it and find something else. The real world does not work on the academic model. It works in the marketplace model, okay? So if you learn nothing else from this podcast, remember this. There has never been more opportunity for a great pharmacist to thrive than right now. But it is also the worst time in history to be a mediocre pharmacist because nobody needs you. I don't need another pharmacist to stand there and do nothing, fill prescriptions and, and hide behind the counter. What I need is somebody who can help me grow my business, serve my clients, serve my customers, build revenue, okay? So now I'm going to tell you exactly what I believe. If you agree with me, then I ask you to sign up for my podcast because you'll be getting some valuable information to help you thrive. If you think I'm nuts, then okay. That's your, your prerogative, but you, and you're still free to listen to me. 
but I ask you to keep an open mind. And then I ask you to do one more thing. Check with me a year from now, and let's see who was right, you or me, okay? I mean, who knows? Maybe the world's going to suddenly change, and pharmacists will get $30,000 sign-on bonuses again like they did back in the early 2000s, all right? But more than likely, this is what's going to happen. Those of you who pay attention to me and will be starting businesses, growing your income, and those who fail to take action will be struggling to make ends meet. So, again, this is my introductory podcast. It, It explains to the world what I'm about. So here are my core beliefs, and these are the things that keep me going every day. This is the reason I get out of bed, all right? I believe that there are numerous problems that need to be solved in our health care delivery system in the United States. Most importantly, we don't have a health care system in the United States. We have a sick care system in the United States. We get billed for sick stuff. We don't get paid for healthy stuff. I believe that people will pay cash to solve their problems if the solution provides them with a transformational value. That means transforming them from somebody who can't to somebody who can, from somebody who isn't willing to somebody who is willing, for somebody who is unable to somebody who is able, from transforming them from not knowing to knowing, from sick to healthy, from worried to confident, okay? If the solution provides transformational value, there is a subset of the population that will pay for it, and that's who we need to be serving. And I believe that many of the problems that we have in the marketplace can be solved by properly trained pharmacists, business-trained pharmacists, value-trained pharmacists, pharmacists who understand how to turn an idea and a problem into income, okay? I believe that far too many pharmacists lack the business skills to thrive in the 21st century. I believe that far too many pharmacists do not understand that if they are not building equity in a business, they are not in control of their destiny. And I believe that it is if only 15% of all pharmacists would start a new business that provides transformational value to clients, that they could employ any pharmacist with the courage to join their business that the expansion of the profession as a caregiving profession would be phenomenal. And I believe that when pharmacists stop relying on corporate dragons, corporate bean counters to employ them, and when they get involved with providing real value to their patients or clients, that pharmacy can reclaim its place as the most respected profession in the country. So I'll leave you with this final thought. If this sounds cool, if this sounds interesting, or if it just is intriguing a little bit, sign up for the podcast and I'll continue to give you some great ideas, some, some interview, introduce you to some phenomenal people, and help you understand how to build financial independence for you and your family. This is Greg L. Alston. Thank you much for listening.